This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Welcome to this episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And we are blessed to have a very special guest. We've got the one and only Ros Miller with us. Woo-hoo! Hi. Now, I'm not going to screw this up, Ros. I'm going to hand over to you to introduce yourself and tell all of our listeners exactly who you are. So go on then. Who are you? Uh, so my name is Ros Miller. I am by the accent scott um but Good. i uh, live in scotland I thought, were, I thought your name was ros it is ros yeah you said your name was scott no. i'm not related to niall i'm ros miller no. <laughs> i am a cool. scott just just checking just checking <laughs> see these english people that can't keep up I know. <laughs> i'm half scottish so i'm literally just like said, I'm half, half kiwi half scottish so it really that insult was at you matt so yeah um, so I'm. Uh, I live in Scotland, uh, but I work um, between Scotland, London, um, and in Scotland I work in Glasgow and Aberdeen. Um, my day job is as a, a surgeon, um, but I also invest in property, and I've been doing that now for um, a few years. Um, and got into it um, partly because I realised that my pension was probably going to be not what I thought it was going to be. Um, and uh, also wanted to start doing something slightly different. Um, so did some training, um, met my partner. Uh, and, I know, property brings romance. And um, oh, we are so talking about that later on. Yes. <laughs> and uh, as they say, the rest is history. Well, so many questions. History. I think we need to you know, get into that. Yeah. Don't we? I have so many questions. The right to ask the question. Oh my god! Okay, so question number one: um, yeah. What kind of surgery? Because surgery property, wow, like uh, so different. Orth- orthopedic surgeon. So I, I suppose you could say I am actually technically a, a third generation joiner, second generation orthopedic surgeon. And um, so uh, the surgery I do is the equivalent of carpentry um, versus the vascular surgeons. If, so if you need somebody to tell you about. Um, uh, plumbing you want the vascular surgeons if you want somebody about the electrics you need the the neurosurgeons um, so I'm all carpentry um, and specialize in foot and ankle so really the foundations nice. I love that <laughs> I can see our social media campaign right now like that is inc- what do you know that is such a lovely way of visualizing and illustrating what it is you do like the electrics being the neuro that that's brilliant do you actually make those did you make those connections yourself did you sort of see oh i can see um, how this well we do we, we chat we, we chat about it so the anesthetists are, the other ones are the anesthetists they're the gas men so that's <laughs> the, the standard and um, yeah you sort of do but actually i was, I was just um and 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 part of the reason that i do property is is as i say about the pension we i'm I'm a mid-career medic, so I'm at the stage that I've reached burnout and really frustrated with um, processes and all the rest of it, which is why I, I transgressed into property, I think, um, to find something completely different. But there's a whole bunch of medics that are, are and dentists that are at the same point in their life that um, they're kind of 
frustrated, not bored, well, we are bored now because we're in the middle of lockdown and not doing a lot. Mm. Um, and yeah, a lot, I mean, a lot of, I don't have kids, but a lot of people around about my age do have their kids, they're going to uni, they're looking at getting second homes, um, thinking about investments. Um, the, the big thing about medics is that um, we're really quite shocking at business. Um, and so um, have a real ten and also tendency to get ripped off as soon as you said you're a, a surgeon people kind of go chitching um, and okay. so there's um, there's the real ability so note to anybody wanting to unethically um, shaft people in property go after the medics um, so it's, I'll make a note <laughs> quickly I'll get it and, and we also um, much as we're supposed to be relatively intelligent, we, we really have no concept of how business and the other world works. Um, and so for me, when I got into property, I, I very quickly realised that I needed to get a decent, solid education behind that. And um, that's how I met Niall. So hang on, can and we just clarify, the... the love story is you and Niall. Is that is that where we're going? It's our it other is. love story, but don't tell Dave, because he's the real love story. Got uh, it, got it, got it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we do need to touch on um, this uh, uh, love romance that blossomed through property education. So, um, yes, tell us, how did you meet um, Dave? So... Did you have um, a, a, a combined... Yeah, a, similar strategies um were you what raising finance you know how did that joint venture did you go uh, along to find a partner was it part of your dating strategy it, it we've got to get into it, it wasn't it wasn't anything to do with any dating app but um so we'd met ages ago he is in glasgow as well his um his kids actually went to the school i went to um so i know it's weird um, uh, but we both had read rich dad poor dad um and which really resonated with me because I am you know the daughter of an orthopedic surgeon who was very much about education and um, you know anywhere else in the world if you're an orthopod you die rich my father died poor because he just really didn't understand money at all and mm -hmm. um, so he was the kind of surgeon that used to my mother stopped him doing private practice because he kept saying to the wee old ladies when they came in it's okay I'll just take care of the x-ray cost <laughs> my mum's like Oh, you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> it's like she was really sweet. You so, um, yeah, so he was that kind of person, um, which is which is lovely and great. And we should be doing far more of that. But it doesn't um, you end up paying to bring your patients in, which seems the wrong way around. Um, so, yeah, I and I inherited his complete inability to understand finance and money and all that kind of stuff so I had read Rich Dad Poor Dad the whole book resonated um, and um, he also you know he he very much um, lived his life around medicine so when he stopped retiring he became depressed because he wasn't going in and and then he you know he kind of lost his way in life and I decided that I really didn't want that for myself I needed to have something else um, so read the book and then went along to one of those to our seminars that we've all done. We've all been there. Yeah, sell the dream. And, <laughs> and indeed the dream was there. Oh, no, not quite. Um, saw, saw Dave there and he too had read uh, the book and they were doing a two for one deal if you signed up. 
So uh, I kind of, it's the only sensible bit of financial strategy I've had in my life. Signed up for the two to one deal and um, yeah, then went off and did um, a bit of Rich Dad Tiger and that kind of stuff. Hang on a minute, right? I can't, we got on the very first property ex- property experience and yeah. found love yeah if only i could remember what my sales pitch was then i would be you know i would be rocking it in property but yeah wait a minute so, <laughs> so can, can i just check when you when you sort of okay so you had the conversation i'm guessing after the seminar and it, it was probably what financial this could work for both of us or did you already think oh this guy's hot like i could oh this could work did were you was it um, I, I think it was probably both <gasps> I'm virtually high-fiving you. This is fantastic. Oh, go you. That's amazing. And so then you just went on the training journey together and love emerged as you started on that journey. And then... Pretty much, yeah. And um, he had... Um, he uh, separated um, from his wife um, and was living independently. And so, um, yeah, was just the timing was kind of right i suppose beautiful beautiful i love this that is such a good story that's so brilliant (laughs) so that's it yeah and then um yeah so he moved in a couple of years ago and with all his stuff um (laughs) stinky boy (laughs) yeah yeah a double garage full of stuff but the lockdown's been good (laughs) he's actually started to manage to clear some of that stuff I call it something else, but anyway. (laughs) It's fine, you can call it collectibles. (laughs) Collectibles. (laughs) Amazing. So I guess the most important thing that we haven't asked you yet, Roz, is what does the human side of property look like to you? Love. Love. I think, you know, so when I started on on property, I kind of saw landlords... Um, and had a view of them as as pretty much everybody does, which is they're the people that make money and and really they're the only people that um, benefit from it from it. And I, you know, I was at uni and I always my mates were always my landlords, but the bit that um, resonated with me is that they left uni and then off, all went off and bought nice houses, and I left uni and I was still broke, and it kind of didn't really equate. Um, but then as I started to get into it, you you. I, I do have a real um, yearning to do philanthropy or or some sort of humanitarian work. I, I kind of very much believe in a Robin Hood um, lifestyle. Um, so I've got no problems, you know, taking from the rich to give back to the poor. So taking money from all of your naive medical colleagues so that you can fund your own portfolio. Love it. <laughs> Help them invest in a way that works for them. Yeah. Um, and... You know, so medics are really time, well, usually are time poor. Um, and we we work and we work and we, you know, spend years in the NHS and in the private sector. You go into the private sector thinking that it's going to be laden with gold and, it, you know, it really isn't. That's how you have to start a business. Um, you know, who knew there were such a things as, as accountants and that they actually did something? relevant um and the, the tax man existed um because as a medic you go through the nhs i mean li- literally you go through the whole of your training as an undergraduate postgraduate you know that was what 17 years to become a consultant at no point in that journey did i get taught anything about finance um, and then you start as a consultant and you're just busy being a consultant and 
trying to keep your head above water. Um, and then somebody tells you your pension's worth nothing and you're not going to have to work till 75. And you kind of think, Jesus, that's a bit rough. Um, meanwhile, all your other university friends are now, you know, lawyers, accountants, everybody else that is doing pretty well for themselves, the bankers, you know, all these kind of people that um, are going off and doing fun things. And um, it just didn't seem quite right that I would be working that hard and not necessarily having that much to show for it. Um, so that's why I, I started to get into it. And then once the more I got into it, the more I realised actually that you could, um, once you understand how property works, um, that you could deliver really nice homes for people that are never going to be able to afford to buy their own castle, but that they want to make it something really special for them. Um, and so the tenants that I've had in have, have stayed for, you know, two or three years at a time. They've built, uh, started to build a life, life for themselves um, and managed to get themselves on a ladder of life, you know, and, and it's interesting, particularly at this time when everybody is reflecting on life, the universe and everything, that we are... Um, Change, you know, you, everyone wants instant gratification and wants everything to happen. Now you want the picture perfect. Amazon, you know, Bezos is responsible for us all, you know, having everything in our homes immediately. Um, but when you start to think about, well, how do you address poverty and how do you address those that, that don't have stuff? Um, there's a real risk, I think, that we try and go to the lowest common denominator instead of, I believe, I think most people are actually aspiring to a life of, not luxury, people aren't looking to become, you know, living in a palace or anything, but most people want a life of middle class, upper middle, upper middle class. You know, if you ask anybody, that's where they'd really quite like to be. Um, and so I think being able to offer people really good quality housing that is done to a spec, that is something that you would want to live in yourself, is... Um, I think that's the human side of it, as opposed to saying, you know, you're lucky you've got a roof over your head and a mattress that stinks that the dog peed on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a very common response, actually, I think, because we all, I think, have a sense of that purpose, you know, that meaningful purpose when we, when we do our property projects that, yes, there's profit. Otherwise, what's the point in doing it? But when you step outside of that and look beyond it, you are providing quality accommodation for people who want something nice to live in because just because they can't own it, why shouldn't they live in somewhere nice? Just, you know, and there's not enough landlords out there, despite what we think, who believe that and provide that. So it's that humanitarian side is, is part of the return. Wouldn't you agree? Like it's part of that. I, it's massive. And it's the same. The feeling is, this, is very much the same as you get in medicine. So, you know, where, where, dare I say it, managers are looking at patients as, as numbers and waiting lists as numbers. Mm -hmm. Medics look at patients as people, you know, and, and the, the day that we forget that we're operating on a person and we think it's just a number is the day that we hand over the world to robots. You know, it, it doesn't, it, it no longer matters. But the feeling that you get when um, you see somebody come in and look at a property that you've done up to a really great standard and they just go, wow, mm. and think, and can see themselves living a life there is exactly the same feeling as you get when you've operated in somebody and you take off their bandages and you've straightened their bunion and for the first time they see it and they and it's the same wow it's just like this is part of my life now and um, 
and and that you know it does give you that warm fuzzy feeling inside that's that's interesting the um it's it's when you're talking about um kind of philanthropy but also you know, providing homes to people people think about as you say landlords in a in a negative light um you're just creating creating a business creating a product which people need and, and create a good one then you can create a good business uh if you compare that to a, another small business at the end of the day we're small business owners we're not mega mega businesses we are small businesses um we just deal in assets which are which have a high value um but it's still a small business um you wouldn't begrudge say a plumbing business their profit would you you wouldn't begrudge um an electrician to you know making their profit um you know i, I think it's yeah it is prejudiced and probably not positively so there is a bit of a pr job of the landlord um, that he's doing and we're doing it one landlord at a time yeah i think that there, there are a huge amount of the older school landlords that have given us all a bad name <laughs> we've all been tarred with this one brush um unfortunately um, and that's that is not dissimilar to what happens in medicine um and um so nobody begrudges the nurses and you know the nurses are fantastic i'm not gonna i'm not gonna diss any of the nurses nobody begrudges the midwives and um, but as soon as money gets talked about you suddenly have people saying oh yeah that's that doctor going off to do private practice and make their millions and they're and and we are seen as being the unethical people um and you kind of think geez that you know there are so many more good doctors in the world than harold chipman but but it seems to be that that's that's the that's the bit that we get reminded of you know um and and it's exactly the same with property and landlords and and it's very difficult to change that pr bit but i i genuinely believe that this particular moment in time is where um, companies, business, um, society in general has is going to migrate from where profit was seen as bad to much more social entrepreneurship. Um, where you, yeah, there is value in making money, but the people that will survive are the people that give back to the community. Yes, definitely. You're making me think so much about where sort of my previous professional background, because I worked in un the university sector, and everything you're saying is very similar. Sort of the, the nurses versus the, the the medics was very much the um, the professors versus the administrative staff. Yeah. You know, there was that real separation of that hierarchy, if you like, and that was reflected in pay. It was reflected in everything. But the common theme was the attitude to uh, any form of um, social, what you call, I guess, almost like social capitalism, where there's profit, but also yeah. social gain. And so when you explain to somebody who works within that sector that you are helping the housing crisis with your investments, such a massive resistance to it. So stepping stepping away from that felt like yes they were oh you know go out and do what you do but having gone back and spoken to professors other colleagues there's still that resistance there's still that attitude that what you're doing is the greedy landlord taking away from the you know you are you are adding to social deprivation through doing what you're doing for some form of capital gain yeah. um and that is a really hard message to manage really 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 hard because you're undoing schools of thought particularly in the world of academia where it's all about thinking um it, you're it's a very lonely battle 
Yeah, and it's, it's the same, it, it's very much the same feeling from when I started in private practice. Um, and, you know, so, so the whole sector in healthcare has shut down in the last three months. So the private sector instantly given over to, to help the NHS. Um, that's where all the cancer work and the cardiac work has been getting done. Um, and that's where the capacity was instantly created. And there was no battle from the private sector because, you know, we're still medics. Everybody's the same. They're like, this is the right thing for us to do. Um, getting the private sector restarted, however, now that the NHS has taken the land grab for it, is much, much more difficult. Yeah. Um, and interestingly, you know, some of my colleagues who, who don't work in both sectors had, had said, well, you know, the private sector, they can just wait. They're just, you know, make them wait for a change. And I, I kind of, I, I did, I had to turn around and say, well, hang on a second. I had waiting lists in both sectors cancelled at the same time. I have a whole bunch of people in the private sector that are equally deserving of their operation. In fact, those are the small and medium-sized business owners who um, they have staff, they have people they employ um, who have been furloughed or worse, have lost their, their uh, income altogether and been, and been made um, redundant. Yet, we, when we're sitting in the in the public sector, full pay, full pension, and completely protected, and still getting our you know, still getting asked to take our holidays and all the rest of it. Um, and it was only when I said that to him and said, you know, the private sector is not full of people with their pockets lined with gold. That's not what a private sector is. It's people that are looking to be creative in a different way to have the autonomy to decide how they spend things and how they invest in things. Um, but it's not, it's not, for most people, it's not about the money. Vast majority of people, it's never about the money. It's about delivering change in a sustainable way. Um, but it's also about having the freedom to decide how you deliver that change. Exactly what I was just going to say. The freedom, so huge. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So, so have, you pre have you got a question for us, Ms. Miller? Um, <laughs> Yeah, you see, Ms. Dr. And, Miller, and, sorry, and Dr. Miller. It's actually, it's actually now, it's now Professor, but the Ms. Professor oh. Miller. <laughs> oh, oh, FYI. Yeah, know your place now. Know sorry. your place. You Let me take it all back again. Because <laughs> I don't want to be JK Rowling, but I have a real resistant to Ms. It always makes me think about divorced American lesbians. And <laughs> I was always... <laughs> I'm a Miss. Which I remember a patient actually, just as a complete aside, when I was working in an emergency, so this was years ago, and um, she said, um, and what do you do? And I said, well, I'm training to be a surgeon. And she said, well, what does your husband think about that? She was like 19, demented. Oh my God. And I said, well, I don't have a husband. And she said, oh, don't you worry, dear. It's the mugs that come down first. It's the china that stays till the end. <laughs> <laughs> I could have wrapped her up Brilliant. Uh -huh. oh, that, that's wonderful. I love it. Um, <laughs> so um, this is a quite, I'm going to reframe a question in a slightly different way that I ask others. So if you were to cohabit or co-live with five other people, who would it, from, and you can do it from any time in history that you want, who would it be and why? Oh, five, five. Wow. Okay. Uh, loads. I think we had this, uh, a version of this question a few Zoe. weeks ago. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, we only had to choose one. I can 
changing. I can give you a different question then. My next oh, question. No. Oh, no. Well, you can, pick, you can pick somebody that would inspire you and then you can pick some eye candy. There you go. Oh, the eye candy's <laughs> already there. I know that one. That one's done. Um, okay. Five. Um, okay. Five I think we should just do it. I think we should just do it like impulse. Um, okay. Okay. So, right. I'm, I'm going to say it. Um, She's thinking. Okay, so so Jason Momoa is already up there because Jason Momoa. Yeah, right. We don't need to discuss that. We just know why. Um, I would like Ellen DeGeneres because she's just so much fun and would make me laugh so much. Um, I would like Salvador Dali. I know he's dead. It's a bit orcs. Um, You're allowed dead. You're allowed dead. Okay, sweet. Um, And I would give him a friend. So he would bring um, uh, Garcia Lorca in with him, Federica Garcia Lorca, so they could chat because they have a lot in common uh one i love their poetry the other i love their art and my last one uh, i need another lady um my best mate zoe cool <laughs> that was very easy for you wasn't it uh, I'm, I'm, str- I'm struggling for five people i think i would have um i think i'd love michelle obama Oh, as an show. as an inspiring person, um, oh, we'll have to co-share a house then. That's co-sharing. Are she in with you? Is she? Okay, yeah. so Michelle Obama and Ros Miller. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Two. <laughs> Thank you, Ros. <laughs> um, who else would I have? I think I'm struggling for mm. for eye candy. Me. I'm your, I'm your type, right? <laughs> hmm. uh, <laughs> who would I pick? Because I'm struggling with five people. Um, I think Stephen Fry, I mentioned him before. He's extremely interesting. Um, I would love to listen to him talk. Um, uh, Who's your eye candy? Come on. I'm struggling with eye candy. Oh, please, as if you're struggling with eye candy. Maybe Chris Hemsworth? Oh yeah, all, all, all about all three brothers because if then you've got the family thing going on. The house, there's three there's three Hemsworth, and that takes you to the full the full worth. Uh... Just fill my house with eye candy. <laughs> yeah, you That's can. That's a good house. A Hemsworth house is a good a house to live house. in. Okay, then Stephen Fry's out. Ros, you're right. I'm just in there with the three Hemsworths. <laughs> Great choice. Call, call me Hemsworth. <laughs> oh dear. <sighs> This, is a tricky, this was a tricky question the last time. Um, for five people, I would like someone who inspires me musically, who we discovered was Dar Rogers last mm. time. Nile I love Rogers him. Slash Stevie Wonder. Um, probably both. Um, and obviously being a musician, Ros, I don't know whether you, you knew this, so I, before property I was a musician, first 30 years of my life. Wow. Um, so I um, still am. Well, you don't lose that shit. Are you, in, are you um, like a big band that I should know? Because I'm really, really bad with all of these kind of things. Uh, yeah, of course we're a big band. You know, we're Obviously. Really, really famous. We're called the Wurzels. Timber, <laughs> and uh, we are in the middle of recording an album. You're called what, sorry? Exactly. You weren't listening. Uh, no, no, Niall has called you the Wurzels, so I'm assuming it's... The Wurzels. No, uh, but we're called Lokeba. 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 Lochaba, which is spelled L O K E B A. All right, because there's a place in Scotland called Loch Harbour, but <laughs> 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 
the gutter are all, they're a really good rugby team. It's up in the west coast of Scotland, beautiful. Block Arbor, yes. Yeah. No, I have heard of Block Arbor. There you go. No, my, my, my formative musical years, quite a few of them were in Edinburgh, so uh, I know Scotland well. Yay. Um, and uh, yeah, I used to be the house pianist at the jazz bar in oh, wow. Chamber Street for a couple of years. Nice. Obviously, um, being Glaswegian, I'm not so inclined. Yeah. Boo. No, I have, I have played it. I have played in Glasgow. Uh, we played it. Oh, what's the famous place? The um, Barrowlands. No, we haven't played Barrowlands. Okay. The other um, one. The other one. The one that's the down from ones. that. The smaller ones. The O2? Yeah. No, 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 no. No, we play, we've, we, we, we've done a few tours, including Glasgow, because I used to play in a band that was based in Edinburgh called the Mars Patrol, and we did um, uh, quite a few, a few gigs, in, well, loads of gigs around Scotland. Um, but these Just days... Just shows you I, how uncultural I am. Well, if, if, if you'd heard of it, I would have been amazed and like over the moon. Like super impressed. Super, super <laughs> impressed. Um, but no, our current band hasn't actually gone out and done anything yet because we're still recording. Um, been doing that for the last couple of years. Property seems to get in the way sometimes. Nah. Yeah. But I've a habit of doing that. Mm. Oh, it does. It does. But it's Afro Cuban. It's uh, like jazz, um, kind of world music. And that's something. If I you listen to the Property Jam intro music, it's got that oh, kind fab. of vibe to it. Yeah. That's, yeah. That was the inspiration for that. And um, yeah, the idea was that I was supposed to write a theme tune, but just didn't have the time to write the theme tune in time. So we found a really good royalty-free piece of music, which has <laughs> become uh, infamous with Property Jam. And at some point, I will get my band to play it. Brilliant. It'll be awesome. And at some point, you might answer Ross's question. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just procrastinating here. So Got Rogers, two. Stevie Wonder and now Rogers. Um, probably need some um, eye candy in there. Mm -hmm. So um, what's her name from... Um, Tomb Raider. Oh, Laura Angelina Croft. Jolie. No, yeah, the other one. The new oh, one. The, oh, the new one. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, oh, Google. Everyone Google. Everyone Google. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. uh, what's her name? Um, Wasn't she the one in Hunger Games as well? No. Uh, Lara Croft, new. Um, uh, oh, yes, I do. At least you're Vikander. There you go. Oh, not yeah. who I was thinking of. No yeah, idea sure. who that is. But Very also, attractive. She, she reminds me of my fiance, and uh, oh. and also it, it plays a character called Lara, so that's quite handy. Oh yes, well done. Mm, substituted yep. nicely. Well done. Mm. <laughs> yep. So there we go, uh, Lara. You're out. <laughs> and, and baby with it. <laughs> Whoops. Who knows. By the time this is released, I will, there will be baby in arms. So. Uh, Yay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I reckon um, that's We're three. We're at three. This is exhausting. Yeah. This is exhausting. What time do we start recording? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Two more. Two more. Inspirational people. Mm. I would like to have a very long conversation with Warren Buffett. Mm. He intrigues me quite a lot because of his, he, he's been around for a very long time and has got a very interesting take on stuff. However, I'm also really intrigued by technology and how technology can play a huge part in the future of the, the planet. Um, and uh, so chatting to somebody like, um, I don't think I'd want to share a house with him, mm. but he could, be a, he could be a day guest, you know, like Elon, <laughs> he's just not allowed to, he could be, he, not, not a boarder, he'd be a day, a day student, something like that. But it might, it might, it might be quite fun. Be here a long weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A long weekend with Elon Musk. There we go. Yeah. Okay. 
yeah, so that, that, that floats my boat. I really am intrigued by his, um, the way he thinks um, and a lot of the impact he's having on sustainable sustainability and even things like reusable rockets, even though it's a very, it's out there in terms of, of technology, but you, you need to have someone who's trailblazing in order to make changes at the small level. So when, when we all have solar panels on all of our roofs and so we just replace our roof tiles with solar tiles, um, that'll be because Elon Musk had that idea four or four years ago and mm. um, it'll just keep be evolved. So at some point we will just replace all of our roofs on our properties with solar tiles. Um, it just makes so much sense. Yeah. Can I swap out one of mine? Mm-hmm. I, lo- I love my friend Zoe, but I see her all the time anyway. So I'm going to swap her out for RuPaul. Okay. I think I think RuPaul is probably one of the wisest. You know how Michelle Obama's got that natural Zen wiseness about her that you just feel like you could listen to her for hours. I feel like that about him. He's seen so much of life. He's gone through so much of the um, the queer revolution. I think I would want to listen to him talk. Plus, he's just beautiful, and I love his voice. Oh. And he could come with all his drag, so we could share wigs. I've got lots of wigs, so we could we have a brilliant time. You'd have to do his makeup because he doesn't do his own makeup. No, I know. I'd <laughs> yeah, have to get trained up. So, or you yeah. need to get rid of someone else to bring the makeup artist. Bring the makeup artist in. Yeah. No, I think no. I'm quite happy with my crowd now. It's quite an eccentric crowd. What about you? Who would you have in your crazy house of five people? Uh, so I would have. Um, I'd have Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is just a goddess. I would have um, her uh, big best friend, Oprah. Oh, God, Oprah, yes! Yeah. Um, and uh, I, would, I would also, uh, maybe contentious, but I would really like to have Meghan Markle. Oh. Okay. Who I would want to be on a stage with. Um, and um, I think her vision of um, what should happen in the world for women and and all that kind of stuff, um, very into that. I think she's also ultra, you know, super glamorous and has had a very bad time. Yes, um, I, my eye candy would be George Clooney. Okay, nice. Um, for his mind, obviously, because, obviously, you know, very ethical. Brain candy. Brain candy. Brain candy is true. <laughs> the fact that he happens to be decent to look at, that's a bit of an aside. Um, he's got uh, good looking feet, don't you? You really yeah. have good looking feet. <laughs> <laughs> you really do actually be such, actually, yeah, that'd be such a disappointment if he takes me oh. shoes like, um, and then there's a, a, a person from history uh, called Andrew Carnegie who um, ah, Carnegie Hall Scott. the Scott, famous Scott but was also probably the original philanthropist he gave yes. away over 400 billion pounds or something like that so he would have given away in his lifetime more than the Gates Foundation would have given away he was friends with uh, Napoleon Hill, wasn't he? They were. Um, so the, actually, when you dig into it, because I, I started to read all of that, when you dig into it, that's probably a story that Napoleon Hill concocted. Exaggerated. Oh, interesting. So, um, but, uh, and I recently went to visit his um, birthplace in um, Kirkcaldy, and it literally just shut, but it was the tiniest, I mean, it was the tiniest place ever. Um, but yeah, I think, um, and I think kind of starting to delve into him, that's when I started to really get um, what social entrepreneurism was about as opposed to, and he didn't start off that way. You know, he started out 
to make a shitload of money, which he did. Um, but it was later in his life after the war, actually, that, that changed his viewpoint on everything. And, um, you know, so most libraries around the world, if you look at them, and museums have, have got his footprint all over them. Yes, I think he was probably one of the forefathers of that more conscious capitalism, that sort of, yeah, with, with the, that philanthropic intention behind it. Yeah. So, philanthropic? Uh, Woo! Wasn't ready for that. Hey! That's my, that, at the moment, that's my dinner table. Let me, uh, my, my house guests, let me change. That's quite good. I like, I like that. That's a good lineup. I, I always struggle when I get asked questions like that. I'm like, mm. I, I, I'm not good at. I think other people come up with better answers like oh no i want them oh no i want them yeah. oh yeah no, yeah. I want them. yeah. <laughs> well, bigger I, i'm just very conscious I... that i that i only chose one woman for eye candy i should have chosen a woman for the for her brain as well i thought you were going to say one one man for eye candy i was like you could do that <laughs> mix it up right no i'd love um, to i'd love to chat with oprah as well yeah, yeah actually yeah yeah, yeah. yeah probably have to you see in a true property empire we'll have multiple houses and she can just She's probably one of those ones. Michelle's probably the other one that you would just, you know, rent out. Put them around. Oprah probably gave us the house. Yes, in fairness. Amazing. A little bit of episode roulette. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The words out of my mouth. Yeah, so we, we can play a wee episode. So basically, Roz, I'm going to yeah. start scrolling. Yeah. You say stop. And yeah. whatever episode we land on, give okay. us your opinion on that. Or whatever pops into your head. Okay. Okay, so I'm scrolling. Okay, and stop. Oh, episode six, builders. Oh. <laughs> first thing that came into my head was builders bum, but that's stereotypical. <laughs> <laughs> the first time it's been said. Not allowed to do any of that. Well, the interesting thing about builders bums is that they can be unisex. You know, whether it's a guy or a girl, yes. you get a builders bum. Yes, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Depends how much hair is on it. <laughs> oh, so don't want to go there. <laughs> oh, dear Matthew, Silence. honestly. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, your floor just mad. Um, builders. So what I can ask you a question about builders? Or just give us any, any funny stories about builders, any opinions you have on them? Um, well, the bit I would, it's probably back to the, the, the beginning bit is um, I don't have funny stories, but more um, just to try and understand how you find a decent builder and, you know, what bits not to, um, as I say, as a medic, you as soon as you see what you do. So I now say that I work in healthcare and most people kind of think that I'm some sort of cleaning lady. So that's quite good. <laughs> um, they, um, <laughs> but how not to get shafted by, by builders slash tradespeople. Have you got any top tips on that? Oh, yes, definitely. Interview them. Interview them like you would anybody going, because they're working for you, right? So, in, in fact, it was on this episode, um, in one of our Instagram posts, I listed the 13 questions that you should always ask your builder. And so, um, it takes a while, doesn't it? You know, you, you, you must make sure you shop around, interview as many people as you can so that you find the right person for the job. Um, so if you go on our Instagram and you look at those 13 key, key questions, I think if uh, as long as, depending on the project you're doing, as long as they can satisfy most of them, then you are on to somebody good. Because um, it isn't just about 
what they've done before there has to be that connection right you have to feel like you can get on with them that they respect you that it's mutual that those communication channels will be open that they're open to who you are and what you want to do and share your vision so yeah i'm very aware we've we've wandered into informative very yeah, aware I, I was, which is not what we're to, about, um, about to Thank you. On that, reel me in reel me in reel me in <laughs> from teacher mode but yeah i think it's like it's just yeah just it's ask the right questions right like yeah, Grillum. 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 Next, Niall, next. Okay, I'm scrolling again. I'm scrolling. Want me to do another one? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, stop. Ooh. God, I needed to see something. <laughs> <laughs> Goal say setting anything. 2020. Ooh. Episode 12. My goal setting 2020. My goal setting. Um, well, I. I set my goals every year and I never quite complete them every January 3rd. Um, so I'm not <laughs> great at goal setting. Um, I get the principle of it and I should be doing it much more, but I did set big goals for 2020. Um, one was to, to write a book, which I'm doing. Um, and the other was to re- the other was to reinvent the NHS. I didn't really mean to lock down the whole planet in order to... <laughs> 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 Well, you put the intentions out for. there. Yeah, you put the intention out there, and then the universe delivers. It, it answers, um, and and uh, yes, yeah, so just be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay, uh, do we have time for one more, Matt? Yeah, we're we doing one, one quick fire. One quick fire one. Okay, um, let me go back to the beginning. Okay, I'm scrolling again. Stop. Oh, I think we kind of covered this slightly. Oh well, we Stop. can scroll again then. Yeah, because it's episode seven before property. Would we? Yes, we did. So we'll, we'll go again another wee bit. Stop. Getting the deals, episode nine. Oh. I guess this, yeah, because that's a very busy medic. How do you manage that? How do you source <laughs> your properties? At the moment, struggling. Um, and I think, <laughs> um, so, so the bit that I you know when we started off we definitely tried to you know embrace that whole you need to go out and do it yourself and get 40 no's and all that kind of stuff Um, it's become very clear that the it, for medics if if you either need to decide that you really want to invest in property in which case take, you've got to make the time to do it um, or if you, the reason that you're doing property is because you are wanting to get a, a return on investment uh, in which case it become an angel um, and you know you can get a decent return on your investment that way through property. Um, so getting the deals is it's the, the basics about knowing your area. Fortunately, where I work is kind of a, a great rental area, so that's where we tend to invest as well. Um, and um, it, it is about it, it's more about creating the time as a medic to be able to do it. And that's is that hard? Really is that really yeah? I think the key thing probably is to you either have to drop part of your day job or you have to pair up with somebody that is going to be able to yep. to do the the legwork for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Interestingly, thing for builders, just so that you've got it, one of the most common oper- um, problems that they get is when they fall off their scaffolding, they uh, fracture their calcaneum, which is one of the big operations that I do do. Um, but it can be career-ending for them. So there you go. Wow. Can we just clarify which, what part of the body is that? Yeah. The heel. The heel. The heel. Oh, because when they land on their... F- oh. Uh, oh. oh, look. <laughs> oh, look. 
For those of you who are listening, um, you'll get a photograph of this. Hold it up. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Right, let me get the camera on. One second. Here we go. Oh, that is so great. The cal what? Calcanium. Calcanium. Yeah. So it's the heel bone. It's the bone that sits under your ankle joint. Um, and so when they fall from a height, it's um, if you imagine a um, crunchy bar, so really hard on the outside, but it's got a honeycomb centre. So it's very difficult to break a crunchy bar, but when you break it, it shatters. That's what happens to the calcaneum. Wow. Infirmity. <laughs> Thank you. Can I just say, my favourite thing about this entire episode has been Ros's ability to make like-for-like -like analogies with the world of medicine and health and property. It's like endless. There are just endless comparisons. You are so good at painting that picture anatomically and, and analogically. It's just brilliant. It's just so good. <laughs> Bear in mind that that last analogy also included chocolate. So maybe we should go back to the beginning and then do this whole episode again talking about chocolate analogies. <laughs> so maybe we should call this chocolate jam. Well, you see, it's interesting because I do use chocolate quite a lot because if you think of somebody elderly, when they break their bone, their bone's more like an arrow where the, the bubbles are much more spread apart and softer. So much easier to break. Whereas, you know, young, fit, strapping men, they're much more crunchy. Okay. On that note. So on that note, I think we'll start to uh, round it up and say thank you very much, Professor Miller, uh, for joining us. <laughs> Pleasure. And uh, for sharing all of your chocolate and property and medical analogies. Uh, I think it has been an epic journey through the, the podcast. So you I'd sure. say it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. Bye-bye.